What happened? I was trying to just sort of like stick my tongue out as a joke and then I accidentally licked the Oh, don't lick that. <laughs> Under no circumstance should you lick that. No, thank you. This is an accident. Yeah. Hi, Nick. Hi, Caleb. I have a new product I want you to buy. Fantastic. I brought my wallet. Okay, good. <laughs> get it get it out and get your number ready because okay, you're going to want to buy it right away. I'm tapping into my digital wallet right now. Okay, good. I'm, I'm putting in the access code. I'm pressing the numbers in the right order that you can't see. Okay, I can't. I won't look. I won't a lot see of just pin put number. A, a lot of people just put a PIN number on their ATM account. I put mine on my wallet. So if you want to get my card out, got to know a PIN. Want to use the card? Need another PIN. Mm-hmm. They're the same PIN. <laughs> well, that, that seems like a bad system. It's redundant, but I don't want to remember that many numbers. Okay, what's the product? Sorry, I've got it. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, uh, it's it's amazing. It's brand new. Yes. You ever, uh, you ever needed to... You know how flies... <laughs> <laughs> you know, do you hate flies? Yes. Mm-hmm. I am annoyed by them. I wish them well, but I wish them away from me. Yeah, you know how they're always just buzzing around? Yeah. Sometimes you could call them... Uh, b- bad words because you hate them so much. Oh boy, do I say a swear at a fly sometimes? Mm-hmm. And sometimes in public, mm-hmm. they're just <laughs> they're just little old butts, aren't they? Ooh, just like a butt with wings. Yep. just nothing on them but like a bi- big buzzing butt. They're flying around and they're all like, <laughs> that's like buzz, but if it's a fart, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's the sound they make, but it just sounds different because they're small. Uh huh. They're little tiny and they're like, bzz, but that's actually just like that's a just... fart coming out of their their butt. Yeah, that is yeah, what yeah. is happening. Well, with I have a, fly. a new thing you can use to kill them, and it's called swap butts. okay all right there's one turned out to be the real thing yep i thought i thought the butt was a distraction but it's the that was the meat the butt was the meat <laughs> the butt was the meat all along of the joke <laughs> hi everybody hi everybody hello welcome oh, to your two show hi everybody that's if i was sonic the hedgehog that's what i would say <laughs> because any word that sounds even remotely like butt i'm gonna say that yes he says he says a lot of about words in this episode i guess it's mostly bot that gets swapped for butt but yeah. i think that he would do more if he could yes he like boot. Is, yes he is bat he would probably do butt if he needed to oh sure sure if he met mm-hmm. dracula yeah he'd be like all right drac butt when you get- <laughs> hey tooth butt chomp this <laughs> <laughs> Imagining somebody referring to Dracula as Toothbutt. He's like, <laughs> "Hello, welcome to my beautiful manor." Hi, Toothbutt. Hey, that is a very interesting thing that you are calling me. I love French Dracula. <laughs> He's like Ant- Antoine's dressed up for Halloween. Yeah. yeah. What are all the- <laughs> I was gonna set up the scene a little more, but I'm so sorry. No, it's over I'm now. Sorry the scene's it. it's it's destroyed. This is Frankenstein. Actually, it's Frankenstein's monster's butt. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, sorry. Welcome to your two show, everybody. This is the show about Sonic the Hedgehog that we do. I know. Yes, and we're gonna try to do this one kind of quick. Yeah, we have to get to work today. In and out. Got to go to work, and I have to pretend to do work. <laughs> Very important part of your mm-hmm. daily ritual. Thank you so much.
Today, we watched episode 6 of Sonic Sat AM, entitled Sonic Racer, another uh, another in the series of titles predicting future Sonic properties. Right. And I mean, it makes sense that Sonic would eventually become involved in a, a sort of street race, you know, pedals to the metal, fast and furious kind of scenario. Absolutely. But what's interesting about this episode is that he, like ends up in a race in, like, one of the weirdest possible ways they could have set it up. Yes. Like, I can come up with a bunch of ways you could have put Sonic in a race in this world, and it would not have been that big a deal. Right. Or this convoluted to make it happen, or execute it. The problem with his setup for this race is that he started the race, like, 0.2 seconds after deciding that was his plan. So they put, like, three traps down. Right. This is where the race will be, I guess. Right. They scheduled it for the next day. Yeah. He had the plan, and then he just did it. Yeah. The plan was to trap Sonic into a race, because his ego would make him have to win it. Right. So because he was trying to win, he would be distracted enough that he would get caught by one of Robotnik's traps. Yeah. The group of them, the whole, not whole crew, had taken out his one of Robotnik's power stations. Yes. Like his power plants. But they had found out that he has a secondary power plant that they also needed to... He, they found out that he had a secondary power plant they also needed to destroy. Yes. When he receives this invitation, he recognizes it as a trap. He's like, oh, okay, this is something that Robotnik, like is doing because he's like trying to get under my skin or whatever but i'm still gonna do it because i do definitely for real want to win he's like what? robotic thinks he's gonna mess with me i'm definitely gonna win yeah and sally's like sonic this is clearly one of robotnik's traps and sonic <laughs> says yeah a trap for him because i'm faster than that like, he thinks he's not gonna give me that trophy he is yeah it's so silly <laughs> the right off the bat there is this weird play back and forth of Snively and Robotnik knowing exactly what'll work against Sonic. Yeah. And Sonic knowing that it's working against him. Yeah. But it's still like, but I have to win it. And and that's where the problem comes from both sides. Right. Because Robotnik builds a robot with the intent of the robot beating Sonic at the race. Yes. Like he intends for it to be fast enough to beat Sonic at the race. Uh Uh-huh. So Robotnik right away kind of loses the plot. (laughs) Of his heist. It again becomes about proving his superiority. Yeah. Right? Like, like, there's so many pieces to this. Like, if you have had the capability to make a monster as fast as Sonic this whole time, why haven't you just done that to catch him? And, just and catch him! Just, yeah. Just send... And yeah. there's, there's a whole bunch of times where the, the cheetah... Well, I guess it's hinted to be a wolf, but it looks like a cheetah. It does not look like a wolf. There's a little bit of a Red Riding Hood, like Sonic's got the Red Wizard robe on that Red Riding Hood wears when she yeah. goes into the when she's still an apprentice wizard and she goes into the forest to um, to finally def- meet up with her grandmother, the Wizarding her, Queen, her lycanthropic grandmother. <laughs> um, the S- Sally reads or Bunny Rabbit reads. Yeah the story to Tails. Right, right before we see Sonic wearing a Red Riding Hood. Right. So it's- is that? Is that more thematic than I think it is? No, it doesn't seem very thematic. It seems like one of these like one and a half minute themes that arises in this show. <laughs> they tried so hard to give it like a theme because of that wolf thing. And I guess like there's an aspect of a race to like the wolf getting to grandmother's house first in the original story. Like I there's guess? a little bit of that built in there. Right. And there's a little bit of like huff and puff and I'll win the race. Yeah. But Sonic says because Robotnik is running this race, he's going to give a lot of his robots to that. Yeah. Like, he's going to have a lot of robots, like, manning the race, which doesn't make a lot of sense because we don't see them. But right. it turns out to be true. Yeah. And so his other power plant has a lot lower security than normal. While oh, right. Sonic is running this race alongside the Cheetah, the, like, rest of the A-team, which yeah. is Bunny Rabot and Sally and Antoine, are all going through the second 
power station to try to take it apart. They like right. go through a big major heist where they like have to crack the window where like a bunny rabbit rips glass like cellophane. Right. The whole big purpose of this episode is to the team trying to destroy Robotnik's power supplies. Yes. We're coming back to electricity and power. Mm-hmm. And that's their big thing. And this race is a dive. It's it's Eggman trying to divert sonic who then uses it as a diversion to destroy the power plant but it's not very well constructed no, yeah and the like the cheetah itself looks pretty cool and it does run really fast it looks exactly like cheetor yeah <laughs> from beast wars and it's amazing and they do a thing with its legs when it's running you know how sonic has the two like wheel yeah. legs when the cheetah runs it has four four like, wheelie legs. legs and that's how you know something's going very very fast uh-huh. as it turns into wheels it just looks like a car the the thing the robot's not that good like it it it's right. very fast but it's very it, fast and it has a hand that comes out of its back that can grab something what a weird what a weird thing for it to be its like secret power yeah. it's like it the, the the trick is that it can run parallel to sonic and then extend a fifth a fifth appendage yeah to <laughs> grab him with suction cups and then punch him and it works like Robotnik grabs Sonic by the head <laughs> and then has him and has him and then the robot's plan is to punch him up into the air yeah, really like, high let him go and then punch him into the air and then that's it uh, and then it tries to catch him again and so I was like I've seen that like I've seen it you got well, me once <laughs> it's bad though the interplay between Snively and Dr. Robotnik is a big part of this episode because it goes back and forth between Snively who apparently set up the traps for yes. Dr. Robotnik going oh you're going to love this one sir and then and Dr. Robotnik <laughs> being like I didn't love that one it didn't catch him I, I'm not particularly impressed Snively <laughs> and then Snively getting progressively sweatier as his series of traps don't work yeah and getting progressively more more desperate right. to the point that in his language he's like oh the next one's the best thing you've ever seen in your life it's gonna it's gonna cure all of your diseases and illnesses and it's gonna catch sonic it had better be <laughs> there's a theme that emerged in this episode now that we're talking about it is sweating subordinates yeah because antoine is also getting so sweaty so sweaty at one point they tell him to duck he's like duck where and then he ducks down he's hiding from a duck Mm -hmm. and he's so scared that there might be a duck he's like the duck is it gone and they're like antoine what on earth are you doing (laughs) and he's just like stuttering and like chattering Mm -hmm. and he just gets worse and worse as the episode goes on and at no point does he contribute anything to the team i want to tell our listeners too that are not southerners yes because whenever she was Mm. like critiquing Antoine. Yeah. She was using the word y'all a whole lot. Yes. And she did that while she was reading the Red Riding Hood thing too. So if you're watching <laughs> Bunny Rabbit and you see that she is frequently using the word y'all in the singular. Yes. That's not unheard of, but it is a very small regional choice. It's not very common. It is not it is not a common thing for the South. She is from like a specific part of like swampy Georgia. Yeah. Like <laughs> Uh, Louisiana. I'd like to track down her particular regionalisms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is affected. Like, it isn't... That's not, a, a like, a real person's voice. That's, no. That's Chucky doing doing a, you know... <laughs> this is the... Y'all Bunny are... Rabbit is the, like, Frank from... What's the Washington, D.C. Uh, uh, show where everybody's bad? What's the Veep. bad one? Not Veep. People are good in Veep. House of Cards. House of Cards. Thank you. Yeah. yeah everybody's bad in Veep. It, well, that's up, that's up to you. But <laughs> definitely everybody's bad in, in House of Cards from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. And that's like 
Kevin Spacey doing a bad Southern accent in yeah. that show is that's the equivalent moment in Sonic where like renowned actor, great like great actor Chucky Finster, <laughs> incredible actor. is asked to do a voice that they should not do. I love it. But I love it, too. Like, I, I do it. love it. Bunny Rabbit's my favorite character, period, in Sonic right now. She's amazing. <laughs> she really is great. She has a moment where she's asked to get through a door, and this time she does punch with her robot arm. She and just, just like, punches it in. It looks like a door that's supposed to slide side to side, <laughs> and she punches it inward, and that's great. And then there's a there's a glass window yeah. that she just grabs the edge of and pulls it like cellophane <laughs> and then, like, tosses it aside. But it's at the amazing. breaking point, it remains, like, solid and sticking out it so looks you know jagged it- like jagged shards but when she pulls it it just bends like plastic <laughs> amazing she's amazing yeah she does a couple of really great stuff like that and then antoine continues to be kind of a mystery why he's on the team yeah so the way that this episode wraps up is before sonic's able to complete the race he's so intent on winning even when it becomes clear that this is not even a real race right he's so intent on winning That he is, like, kind of barreling forward next to the cheetah and sort of dodging around the issues. But he sees Sally, who shoots off a firework because Antoine has gotten himself caught in a trap. Antoine is, like, desperately doing his best to stay on this trap as much as possible. Like, the animators could not figure out a way to make it make any sense that he stayed on the trap, except to have him very clearly holding onto it and climbing back onto it as often as he could when he was about to fall off. Like a conveyor belt suspended over an open space, and I think it it only looked like a story or two drop. Not even that far. You didn't want to fall that far. Like, you don't want to fall that far. Sure. But given the choice between falling six or seven feet and getting ground up in gears <laughs> take it's the fall obvious. bunny rabbit even she grabs the conveyor belt and she like whips it so right that, so that the whole thing has like waves in it yeah and it bumps him off he's about to fly kind of toward them but then he grabs it yeah pulls himself back on and then starts screaming again and even the beginning of the trap is he turns to sally and he's like don't worry sally i'll go in there i'll shut this thing off he goes down and she's like no um antoine but why wait. are you doing this and all he does is go he walks to the edge of the conveyor belt and then goes, oops, I'm falling on the conveyor belt, and then falls on it, pulls the lever, Grabs and Grabs the lever that starts it going. He's got to be like a plant, right? Like, he's got to not be a wow, good guy. Wow, interesting. This, that's the only way I can, like, this, like, totally nonsense play of him intentionally putting himself in danger and then trying so hard to stay yeah. in danger. What if he is, like, a robotic plant trying to weigh them down? It could be. I mean, I liked your theory that he's funding them somehow or you know mm-hmm. like a patron who insists on coming along yeah but it doesn't look like they have a bunch of funding anyway like right. they're not working with millions of dollars here they so. just got their first light bulb last week so maybe he had fifty dollars uh-huh. and they're like well we could use fifty dollars and he's like fantastic but i will alonging with you come <laughs> and they'll but then he doesn't want to but do he doesn't do it there. that's what i'm saying i know but like he's terrified of well, actually doing anything well what if all the times he's saying like oh i will be back here i want to stay back what if he's doing that because he wants to like message robotnik like oh. he's saying i want to stay back so that he can send a message and say like they're here they're at the power plant it could be but they are keeping him under like he is monitored by he, them because they're like why would you want to stay back like, just come, come on. on come on and he okay okay so he's trying to like hang back long enough that he can send out a message, but they're just not having it. And so he keeps getting, he just, yeah, he's, he's trying to ham it up more and more and more. Like this ridiculous amount of 
just like that he's doing that he's trying to annoy them into leaving him behind there are a couple of times where they've obviously taken one of that voice actor doing that and then like just copied and pasted it because it's exactly the same three times in a row yeah It's really weird. That could be. I think I think that makes a lot of sense why he would play up being so scared. Yeah. Another thing is that I saw uh, on the cover of one of the comics, we've never seen him do this in the actual show, Yeah. but on the cover of one of the comics, he pulls out a sword and is like fighting with a sword. Oh. And so I wonder if maybe he's got some like, uh, you know, nobility sword fighting training, yeah. like fencing training or like that kind of thing where right. like he actually does have a combat skill, right. but they have yet to be in a situation that actually required point-to-point combat and the more charitable read on that i guess would be that he is he wants to help Mm -hmm. they want him to help but he's scared but they're trying to like battle harden him and like get him to overcome his fears and maybe one day he will and he'll become a more contributing member i get that but but you don't take him on your crucial mission i agree with you i'm not saying that that's what they should do Uh, like there's just no good reason for him to be there except to slow them down Mm -hmm. it seems like a very narrative driven choice to just have him slowing down the flow of action so they don't immediately bust in and destroy this power plant so what happens is that sonic sees sally shoot a firework like antoine's in trouble we need sonic's help right and then they've gone through this whole process of breaking in and like doing all this stuff and getting like okay we're going to the roof and then we're going in the window the skylight and then we're going down then we're going to travel through it right sonic in seconds skips all of that he just runs yes. away from the the race runs into the power plant yeah. and grabs antoine he <laughs> takes his power ring which i guess that's why he was going so fast as he was using a power right, ring. right that's true he takes his power ring and he wedges it into the gears of the power plant yes so once the power ring is wedged into the gears it starts bending uh-huh. it starts lighting up like brighter like when he's using it and yep. then the gears start melting and, and he so- says this whole place is gonna melt yeah which was totally wild like i didn't know that you could destroy a power ring or do anything to it besides use it and then to see that when it is physically bent it like starts outputting a ton of heat or something yeah it's terrifying what if it's like a uh like a nuclear rod you know it kind of could be yeah and it's in a stable form mm -hmm, that's why it has to be a taurus right but if you break the crystalline structure of the of the metal then the like all the heat bits start getting out yeah it's just like nuclear (laughs) (laughs) that's why they have to put it in ice for so long right and they have to oh maybe they have to put it in the river so it'll cool down Uh uh-huh because it just got like pressed right and it's not that it needs to like recharge necessarily but that's what you do like you dunk a nuclear like you dunk a rod in some water i think i might be thinking of a cookie well maybe when sonic uses it he can only use it up to a certain amount before yeah before it gets too hot or gets too like overwhelming right and then when you drop it in the river it purifies it in some way and and to make it it back down to make it and like resets the, the the molecular structure but what they did was they basically blew up the plant by just Destroying one of them. Yeah. And the realization that his power source is also has that much like weaponizable energy. Yes. Is really interesting. It's like scary and kind of cool. It's possible that like the explosions were based more on the like gears stopping, like messing up after that first part. Sure. And that maybe it melted just enough of the surrounding environment to do that. But his implication is like, oh, this whole place is going to go now that I've done this. Yeah. Like he has chosen to 
destroy an entire building and sacrifice one of his rings. Mm -hmm. Partly to save a friend and partly also to accomplish the mission, I guess. Yeah. And then then we see like them all around a fire and Sally's like, even though today would have been better if Sonic had won. We at least <laughs> saved the day and did what we came there to do, and now Robotnik doesn't have power. Yeah. And it was like, okay, Sally. Uh, okay, so you, you're you still, now you're coming around and going like, well, we would like to have the trophy. Uh-huh. We would like to reinforce Sonic's ego and just, like, guarantee that he knows he's the fastest. But at least we accomplished this major military tactical victory, which was the actual goal all along. Especially that, like, from the beginning of the episode, she wasn't super into the race. It was weird to give her that line. Do you think that she was trying to soothe sonic with that yeah I like think she doesn't actually care about the race i don't she think she can't. does there's yeah. no way she cares <laughs> but they're all there you i know. bet i bet for hours sonic had been like oh well i still wish i would have won right like, I I, and so she was like acquiescing like, like even though a perfect day right would have been that sonic won as well yes we still succeeded and we <laughs> so everybody talking about it should chill out yeah she's like it would have been perfect and we all know he would have won yeah. except <laughs> for helping us which we really appreciate Oh, so he said he was been complaining about having to save them, I bet. Maybe so. Like, like oh, ah, why did you guys have to call me? Like, I could have won the race. Uh-huh. And it's like, that doesn't, Sonic, please, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. Can't, why, do you, why can't you understand that this is not the most important thing that's going to happen today? Right. But uh, that highlights, I think, a challenge in yeah. writing Sonic and that we see in all of these properties. Yeah. Is that he is just, his power is so good. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Super speed is such a good power. Yes. And like the fact that he can also apparently use it to run up walls and fly and do whatever he wants. And yeah. the power rings can give him instantaneous bursts of incredible speed and energy. Right. Make it so that like almost any situation he can actually solve pretty simply and quickly. And we see that directly with a whole team of people undergoing a heist that he can effectively complete in two seconds right. over the course of the whole episode. The ch- the ultimate challenge for the rebellion might be just keeping Sonic on task. Yeah. Right. Like he could, they could have already defeated Robotnik, but they can't keep Sonic focused long enough. Yeah. I think that might be it. I think that must be the problem. And, and that, you know, you can correlate that with how difficult it is to complete a level in most Sonic games because you start <laughs> running really fast and then you hit like a spike and you get killed or whatever. Or you like fall down another path and you realize you can go backwards right. and go the other and way you're to like, find Ooh, stuff. Ooh, what's this over here? And so there are some parallels there to like the hardest part about being Sonic or controlling mm-hmm. Sonic or using Sonic as a tactical weapon is just getting him to do it. And that's like, I mean, that's actually a... I think a similar problem to some of the past super speed heroes I've seen. Yeah. Like when you look at Quicksilver and like, mm-hmm. even when he's been using the most recent movies, okay. he's kind of played as like the reason he's not so powerful is because he's kind of just like a punk kid. Yeah. Who like is only going to do stuff for him anyway. Right. And like the flash has always been portrayed as being kind of a like good guy who is like kind of shackled by his morality in some ways. Sure. Like where he's like, I'm only going to do these very, very specific things and I'm going to be friends with everyone. So my need to be friends with everyone keeps me from being like super uh, okay, sure. That It requires a personality flaw and not an ability one. That's very interesting. And all of the superheroes, like if we consider Sonic a superhero. Which he absolutely which is. Which I do. He is. Then the problem comes in writing a story with with someone who has all of these powers is always what's the flaw? What's yes. the holdup? What's the drawback? What's the difficulty that keeps coming up that keeps him from 
executing their plan. Because Sonic doesn't have losses. Like, especially not in this show. Yeah. Sonic doesn't lose. Yeah. The closest thing to a loss we've seen in Sat AM is the fact that he wasn't able to save Uncle Chuck right away. But that wasn't him failing. That was him not even having the ability to begin something like he had no way to save chuck that's true so they had to just sort of step away and it was that was outside the scope of his abilities whatsoever yes but we never see him attempt to do something and ultimately not succeed at it yeah and i'm trying to think right now of any time we've seen that in any of these Hmm. like if we've ever actually the beginning of sonic x begins with a failure of his that's true because he's like playing around yes uh it's still technically like dr robotnik's fault but it is a failure of him to execute his intended mission right sonic sort of plays along with robotnik for too long Mm -hmm. like he stops he plays he proves they they have this ego war yeah where they each need the other one to see that they're better yeah and so yeah but sonic doesn't succeed in the mission to stop robotnik from activating this what are they called the crystals the the emeralds the chaos emeralds Emeralds. he doesn't succeed in stopping robotnik from using the chaos emeralds Uh and so that is a failure which results in this whole other scenario yeah but after that like in sonic x the parts we've we've watched they're incremental successes in some cases they don't carry forward like any of these days where robotnik launches a plot and then they thwart robotnik why don't they catch robotnik yeah. Right. Like they could follow up. They they all they, and that thing where Sonic will only go as far as he has to go. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit of a like lazy lion kind of philosophy. Yeah. Where it's like once I'm drawn out of my slumber, then I will do whatever I need to do to just keep things level or make a little bit of progress. But then I'm done. I'm tired, you guys. And so we're watching Sally trying to figure out a plan where they can just send Sonic at one thing at a time and gradually wear Robotnik down. Like, getting rid of his power plants is awesome. And, like, fixing their computer and getting power to their, like, base. That's all stuff that She's having to be like, okay, Sonic, here's my next plan. Right. Like, we're going to do this one thing now. Uh Uh-huh. And she has to kind of convince him to do it and make sure he stays on task and gets there, you know. And we've seen that he does, like, sleep a lot and lays around. And we we can infer that running this fast tires him out. Mm -hmm. And so he can't just do all this stuff all in one day. But it is kind of like, it's a little... That's a tricky thing. How do you keep writing different stories yes. where this makes any sense? And it's also interesting that he is always like bantering with people who are mildly irritated with him, but we never see anyone not like him. Like he, That's true. Everybody fundamentally really likes Sonic, and that has always held true with the exception of Dr. Robotnik and whoever's working with Dr. Robotnik at the time. Yeah, but even they are fixated on him. Yes. Like, the force of his personality keeps him, like, they don't the center like of attention. him, but they love him. <laughs> like, they do, like, are they are obsessed with him. Yeah, it's like, almost all the time, everything has to revolve around his relationship to people, his opinion on things matters to everybody right. so much. But Defeating him is the ultimate goal, even though Robotnik has conquered the entire world yeah. and is only ever incrementally set back. I wonder if this is why Shadow was so revolutionary, mm. right? Because Shadow was a character who is not necessarily a bad guy, who also doesn't like Sonic. Yeah. And, like, I'm sure that comes up some in the comics where they get more into their like personalities and people getting in fights and stuff sure but for the shows we've seen and the games it almost always is just a bunch of people that like sonic and want to keep working with him alongside 
Robotnik, who just hates all of them. Right. And they, as you say, they have to put up with him a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's I guess not Knuckles, perfect, but... Knuckles is frustrated with him often. Okay, that's true. Yeah. But so, these, like, allies who kind of see through Sonic a little bit, yeah. or don't have time for his, like, nonsense... Yeah. ...are the, like, tougher sort of Knuckles, and then Shadow maybe takes more of that mm-hmm. kind of role. Um, I just want to see characters who are, like part of the main t- I want to, I want to see characters who are equally important as Sonic and yeah. who stick around. Knuckles's big thing is that he's not always there. Right, right. Characters who are part of the main team who actually genuinely clash with him, I think would be really interesting. Okay. Like seeing people who will actually call Sonic on his stuff rather than like just kind of like squabbling with him and then not actually exerting any sure. like cuz he and Sally will like argue, but Sally never ends up really pressuring him to do anything or like changing his mind on anything yeah what would that look like though like how because the the other thing about that is is that the one of these that has the largest character shifts Mm -hmm. for sonic has been sonic x yeah in the beginning and that's just where he realizes he needs to he does realize he needs to be a little bit more serious but it's regarding the specific problem and it takes him weeks and weeks to like of ruminating slowly go okay maybe i should actually do something about this and if so what well sonic x is also different because it's one of the only ones where sonic is portrayed as like a fundamentally good friend where that's true like the rest of the stuff we watch is just like sonic is a constant stream of verbal garbage yeah. and, and like active like solving the day yeah so, like he fixes the problems and then he just like refuses to let you get away with saying anything unless he gets the next word right and like that to me would brew some frustration another thing mm-hmm. that i noticed this episode that i at least know about the robotnik in this show but i've been trying to think has he done this in other shows uh-huh. this robotnik never says the word sonic he always calls him the hedgehog yeah he he always says i hate that hedgehog Bring me the hedgehog. What's the hedgehog doing? Interesting. He never says Sonic's name, and mm. it's an obvious, like, deliberate choice in yeah. this. But I'm interested, has he, does he say Sonic in other media? I feel like I've at least I heard him like say I feel like he does. Mm-hmm. I, I think that he definitely does. But he tends to, uh, hmm, this is something we got to pay attention to. Yeah. Because, like, why would you do that? It's a kind of contempt. It's a mm-hmm. kind of dehumanization. It's a yes. kind of, like, I will refer to him, like, I don't even want to call him by his name he disgusts me so much like Uh, that's a kind of villain trope like um bring me that wabbit (laughs) as elmer fudd always says when he's in the control room and he's like telling sylvester to like activate a new robot bring me that wabbit bring me that wabbit i wonder if (laughs) i wonder if elmer fudd ever heard bugs's name i wonder if bugs bunny ever told elmer fudd what his name actually was like if it ever came up huh I don't know, but you, I, Bugs Bunny had was under no obligation to give his name or tell his life story to the person who wanted him dead. Like, that's what I'm saying, right? Totally no, fine. it's not his job to accommodate his oppressor. Like, but I'm I'm curious if now I wonder if Elmer Fudd has just I ever wonder, even heard the word Bugs. I don't know. It's been a long time, I, and I certainly never thought uh, uh, that deeply about Looney Tunes when I watched them very much. But he does say, "Oh, that wascally wabbit." Mm-hmm. Um, but now wabbit I'm season, working duck season, wabbit season. Now I'm working on a Looney Tunes alternate universe where. Elmer Fudd is more of a Robotnik, and uh, he's... Uh, I wonder if that's what the Lunatics Unleashed is like. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to watch that show someday, probably. Oh, god! There is a Looney Tunes cartoon that we saw, which takes place in a future, 
uh, and people get like Looney Tunes powers that are sort of like Power Ranger powers. Or and the, the Earth Looney Tunes are the Power Rangers. Or they Rangers? are the Power Rangers. We're not really sure. It's called Lunatics Unleashed. And it and looks intense. We watched, I watched the first the 60 seconds of it and went, oh, this is very good, actually. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> a lot of, um, a lot of dystopic sonic uh underground parallels feels, yeah. sort of feeling so anyway that's another thing you can watch about animals with superpowers if you ever you know want to do that <laughs> um <laughs> i think that it's time for a new chapter in speed reading a new a new book volume a new, a new vo- well yeah a new book a but new I, era i mean I'm sure, we're gonna read a new book speed reading <laughs> It's called Sonic Extreme. Sonic X Dash Treme. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read you a sentence from the back of the book that uh I would not have made me excited a month ago because I wouldn't have known what it meant, but now the beginning of the blurb for Sonic Extreme is Bunny Rabot is in danger. <gasps> the Swabots have captured Bunny, and the only way Sonic can save her is to beat the evil Dr. Robotnik in an extreme sports contest. Uh, oh my gosh, what a w- actually what a weird parallel to this episode. episode yeah. like, I didn't even know what this book was about. This um, is incredible. Thank you to our friend Kaysen for lending us this book, and thank you also to Michael Teitelbaum for coming back to the yeah. Sonic series. Our, our third co-host, Michael Teitelbaum, always giving us his words. It looks like this one's from 1997, so he wrote this book like four years later in the midst of the changing landscape of, of Sonic, Sonic and, and its uh, universe. The cover has like a neon outlined Sonic in a variety of different neon colors, and it says, check out Sonic's new look. Sonic's would- full body is like pure black. And then he just has colored outlines, which is pretty cool. I would like to say, I want this neon sign. I want this in neon at my house. When I'm really wealthy, I will make them... Oh, boy. Them being whoever makes neon signs. Yep. Make me this exact sign to put in my house. And this logo is like a... Like a Trapper Keeper style Sonic logo. Uh, And then the X-Men... The X-Men... X like, yeah. like, like the, the, the X-Men X. they did that in one of the shows like the 80s show it has a font like that the yeah. sort of like slicey font yep we can so, maybe uh, take a picture of it and upload do it that yes um and then a very tiny robot so we got Sonic on the cover <laughs> flying through the air on what appears to be a, like a snowboard kind of uh-huh and then a very tiny Robotnik getting on, ready to get squished by the snowboard yeah and Robotnik is on what appears to be a desert island like there are tropical trees he's in the green hill zone maybe he's dune surfing he might be dune surfing well why don't we find out let's do it chapter one let us begin this edition of speed reading with sonic extreme also i don't know if we've made it clear that it's x treem x hyphen (laughs) treem that's very important yeah it's it's cross treem chapter one sonic the hedgehog sat on his mountain bike Atop the tallest mountain on the planet Mobius. Oh my god. Okay. I'm already okay. in. Wow. He's on top of the mountain on his mountain bike. Yeah, he's sitting go. on a bike. If Sonic rides a bike, he's going to go so fast. Yeah, too fast. Oh, dude. Okay, listen. We got to get into this story. Okay, look. His good friend Rotor stood far below at the base of the mountain. Hey, Sonic. <laughs> Rotor held a stopwatch in one hand and a checkered flag in the other. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like my new bikini? <laughs> Rotor! Thought I thought I'd really get into the character. Yes. 
Lately, Sonic had become hooked on extreme sports. Oh my god. Let's just note that this is from 1997, mm-hmm. which the is year of our Lord. one of the, one, the beginning of the height of extreme sports, right? Like, um, I don't know. I have no idea what the timeline of sports is. Like, sports. Sp- Snowboarding and skateboarding were becoming a thing. Yeah, like, like really remember big. there was a time in human history where people didn't snowboard and skateboard to work. That's that's a really like, incredibly surprising. And to it's me. super weird. And it was only a few decades ago. I'm from Texas, and in Texas we all just rode our horses. Yeah, so we didn't do that even after. You know? Right, there's not enough hill to really get that downhill slalom going. Sometimes we do give our horses little snowboards for their feet. Right, and that's cute, but it's a different kind of thing. Yeah, like it feels I'm different. not. I don't want to downplay that, but it is different. <laughs> Um, Lately, Sonic had become hooked on extreme sports. He had ridden down this twisting, bumpy mountain trail many times. On each ride, Sonic picked up a little more speed. He now thought of just one thing, riding down the slalom course before him and breaking his own personal speed record at slalom mountain biking. Oh my god. Wow. I can't believe this. Who paid him to write this book? I love it. The Extreme Sports Commission. Yeah, exactly. Like the nascent X Games. In collaboration with Tony Hawk, produced by M- Matt Guy, the BMX guy. What if Michael Teitelbaum got really good at? Oh, sorry. Why did you take that? From me? I thought you were. I thought you were handing it to me. No, I was just playing with it. Okay. What if Michael Teitelbaum got really good at, like, really into extreme sports? And oh so yeah, he yeah. He was like, okay, how do I make money off this? And he's like, oh, Sonic would love these. I bet I can pitch this. Right. Or what if they were planning a Sonic Extreme Sports game? <gasps> Way back before they did Mario and Sonic at the Olympic uh, Games. Oh, yeah. That would have been really cool. Oh, no. From now on, I've decided that this is just a novelization of Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. So I'll, I'll just occasionally pop in with Mario just, right. so, just so you know. I'm imagining that it's from the game SSSX, which stands for Sonic S- SSX. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of SSX, so that used to be me and my stepmom used to play that game all the time. Oh, yeah? I don't know if I've told you about that. No. That was like the only the thing. The only video game that my stepmom really liked. So oh. she and I would play that game all the time. That one and SSX Tricky. That's amazing. I've played so much of those snowboarding I games. I love those games. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're so fun. But right now he's on a slalom but course. Sonic is going down the slalom course on a mountain bike and he's thinking to himself the following I'm ready to push this bike to the max, he thought. Edge City, here I come. Edge City. Mm. He focused his full attention on the flag in Rotor's hand. With a snap of his wrist, Rotor brought down the checkered flag. It the was s- like it was like a very cute like. Boop, boop. At the same instant, he hit the start button on his stopwatch. Sonic saw the flag drop. He gave a hard push with his left foot, and he leaned all his weight onto his right foot, shoving down the pedal. Oh, is that how biking works? The mountain bike shot off the starting mark. Sonic was on his way, barreling down the mighty mountain. The narrow slalom course wound to the left, then back to the right, snaking its way down. I can, like, he's really painting me a beautiful picture yeah, of this course. this is exactly what it's like to ride a bike I down a mountain. I can feel it. A tall column of rock rose from the ground at each curve. That's very dangerous. Yeah. Sonic had to swing around each column as he rode the course. First, he leaned left. His left shoulder was only inches from the ground as he swung past the column. Whoa. Next, he leaned right. His right knee scraped the craggy ground. No. Sonic kept his balance and continued his breakneck pace. Ah. <sighs> He winced. I just turned the page and saw a picture of Sonic the Hedgehog's helmet. I have seen his helmet. I have seen his helmet. His helmet makes him look like an alien from Alien. He looks like an alien conehead. We need to get a picture of the helmet. Oh, my word. I have seen the helmet and I will never be the same. (laughs) 
Rotor looked up and spotted Sonic making his way down the mountain. He glanced at the stopwatch. Five sec. What? What's what's Rotor's voice sound like? Honestly, he just kind of sounds like like a dude. Like five seconds. Five seconds ahead of his best pace. Thought Rotor. No, it's sweeter than that. Five seconds ahead of his best pace. Thought Rotor. That's pretty good. But he's almost at Dead Man's Curve. Dead Man's Curve. Dead Man's Curve was the sharpest, most dangerous section of the whole slalom course. Sonic remained relaxed but kept a tight grip on the handlebars. Who built this slalom course that can kill you? Stay with it now, he said to himself. Lean into it. Remain calm and juice right through it. I love hearing his mental, uh, his monologue. Stay calm and juice right through yeah. it. Yeah. Stay calm. Oh my god. It's the poster. Um... <laughs> Stay calm and juice. <laughs> what is the crown on those posters about? I don't know. I have it's no not, idea where those came from I or what that know. is. It, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm just curious. I'm curious too. I'm sorry that I just missed your curiosity, but I find it frustrating. <laughs> um, but we could put the ring. We could do Sonic's ring. Oh yeah, that could be there. Right? And so mm-hmm. you stay calm and, and juice and jam would be stay the- Stay calm and juice on. Stay calm and juice on. Jesus. Thanks, Michael Teitelbaum. Thanks, Michael Teitelbaum, for sparking this marketing product that we will receive no money for. (laughs) Sonic hit Dead Man's Curve. He leaned to his left and swung through the curve with his left elbow only inches from the ground. A little bit of a... Yeah, I mean, okay. (laughs) When he came around the far side of the curve, the course straightened out. In your face, shouted Sonic. He raised the face of the mountain. Yeah. The mountain's like, hey. Hey, guy. <laughs> he raised both fists into the air triumphantly as he sped down the straightaway and, and neared then the bottom of the he lost his balance. Because that's very dangerous. Don't do that. Rotor let out a sigh of relief. <laughs> Don't get cocky, he shouted up to Sonic. Keep your hands on the handlebars. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Rotor. Thank you, Rotor. Rotor's all about safety. The he- worst was over. He's posing in his beautiful outfit, too. <laughs> Don't get cocky. Don't get cocky with one hand on his head and the other hand on the other hip. Mm-hmm. He puts he puts both hands out and like bends his wrists and it's just like, you gotta keep your hands on the handlebars, Sonic. His right hand was on the back of his head. The left hand was on his left knee and only inches from the ground. Rotard became my favorite character today because of this. Now I love him the most. <laughs> he just has good fashions. Ridge Rotor. Um, he's the Ridge Rotor lady. <laughs> Uh, I love him. I want um the other racing game is the um cruise in USA. Need for there's speed. One, what's the one where you're driving you're driving in a convertible and you're a man, you're a man driving and there's a woman in the car with you. Well anyway, Sonic's driving and Rotor's in the passenger seat. That's the that's the scene. That's what Breakfast I want. at Tiffany's. <sighs> I'm sorry everybody. The worst was over. Mario Kart. <laughs> the worst was over. <laughs> Sonic pedaled hard down the final stretch. Diddy Kong Racing. Please stop. (laughs) (laughs) The worst was over. Sonic pedaled hard down the final stretch. He crossed the finish line, and Rotor clicked off his stopwatch. Way past cool! Sonic shouted. Just cause. He turned his bike around and coasted over to Rotor. Well, began Sonic, how did I do? Rotor looked at his stopwatch and smiled. Congratulations, pal, he said. You broke your old record by four seconds. Juicin! exclaimed Sonic. I am the master blaster of extreme sports. Just call me Sonic Extreme! Oh my god. Uh, did he really just say all of those things? Yes, he really said that's in the book. That's the script. That's what I've been paid to read here. What, what if... 
What if he is is juicing? Oh it's, no! I just can't think of a better situation where you would scream that an entire monologue about how great how you're the master blaster of extreme sports. Please just call me Sonic. Just call extreme. me Sonic Extreme. <laughs> he's a little worked up. I mm-hmm. think that he's. I think that he's all natural. Yeah, and that he is just. He is what we all use drugs to be. Yeah, he's high on life. <laughs> how how does he uh, don't do drugs? What if he doesn't have a last name and this is actually him earnestly being like, I've I've i finally earned my last name. <laughs> I've called me Sonic like, Extreme. Like if I was a blacksmith, you would call me Sonic Smith. If I was a carpenter, you would call me Sonic Woodman. But now that I am Extreme Sports, this is my job. Call me by my job. <laughs> I think that's going to be the end of today. That's Him enough for today. Proclaiming his incredible. Just screen. call me Sonic Extreme. <laughs> but I got to get to it is time the to day go. job. Ta- hey, time to go. Well, glad we got to r- visit Sonic participating in two sporting events today. Yes. Accidentally, you know, we had a sport episode before. Turned out this was the even more sport episode. He did the race and then he did the time trial. Every season of your two show features one sporting episode. Where was the season break? You'll have to. It's there. Hey, it's up to you. It's no, it's hidden. You. It's. There. I mean, it's up to us. I mean, we did it, but it's up to you to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> uh. Thank you for joining us and reading a book with us. Yes, thanks, Michael Teitelbaum, for his book. Thank you for writing all of these books. We do like them very much, even though we make jokes. Thank you, Bulby. Um, thank you, Bulby, for music. Thank you, Dave Donkin and Goodnight Productions for music. Amazing. Thank you, everyone, for music. <laughs> we um, just love music. I do love music. Um, remember that Bachelor guy who said, what's your favorite band? And he was like, Coldplay and, I don't know, music's not that important to me? Yes. Uh, Unbelievable. Uh, I think about that too many times. Um, well, how? On, on next season of The Bachelor, I'll be Nick. And I'll be Caleb. And you'll be two shows. Don't don't do that to me. <laughs> don't scream that at me. Stop. Why'd you yell in my ears? <laughs> what if I just called you regular Sonic? Regular Sonic. <laughs> <laughs>